This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. All right, here we go. So what's up, podcast? Today I have Jason Ellis on. Ellis is actually a pro skate, retired pro skateboarder, um, XM Sirius, uh, Sirius XM radio host, New York Times bestselling author, as well as uh, you race in the Lucas Oil Series, and you also have a band. So uh, that's those are the few points I know and all the other crazy shit you've been doing. But, uh, man, thanks for coming on today. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, give everyone a crash course about you and how you got to the States, got into the game, and where you're at now. Thanks for having me. I'm ready to go. Well, yeah. So, um, so tell me about Australia skateboarding to how you got to the States and how that started off. Um. Uh, well, how did that happen? Well, I, you know, I mean, obviously you work your way up in the Australian world in skateboarding. So you start from, you know, being a grom and being shit on and, and, uh, and bullied. It was a lot more, it, there was a different mentality. Skateboarders were angry and not really athletes. They were more on the verge of rock star, but still really just, thugged out angry guys that's kind of like i wanted to skate the ramp and i felt like i almost got punched in the face like every day because whether it actually was going to happen or not i can't tell you i just know that somebody threatened to punch me in the face at least once and i'm like man everyone's fucking angry here like i remember (laughs) older guy that like threatened me if i ever tried to drop in on him he'd be like i swear to god if you fucking drop in on me i will punch your fucking face in you little cunt (laughs) And I was like 12 and he was like 28. I remember oh, shit. Yeah. And it wasn't that big of a deal. They don't do that now. People don't do that to kids. People are very, oh, go ahead, dude. Like people help kids out. Yeah. Hey, Katie. Hang on. You're good. The cat is in here and he wants out. <laughs> That's going to happen. Sorry. This is reality, man. This is real shit. Quarantine. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I worked my way up there, and then I met the best of Australian skateboarders, and then there was these two New Zealanders that moved to Australia who had been to America, and they were really good, way above everybody else. And they kind of, I think once I got good enough, they came, They owned a shop, they came down, and they were like, okay, we'll sponsor you for the shop, and then the, distribu- the distributor sponsored me, and then once I was in with the, the distribution in Australia and the, and the number one skate shop, they knew people in America. So one of the other guys, uh, uh, Gary Valentine, he'd been to America and he said, you should come with me and we'll stay at Lance Mountain's house. So I think within three or four days of being in America, I was staying at Lance Mountain's house and skating Lance's ramp. So it was paid your dues in Australia, but once I got to America, I mean, it, it was an unfortunate time to try and be a pro skateboarder, but I still had uh, a giant foot in the door. What what year was that? Shit. <laughs> uh, I mean, the foot. I mean, okay, so I'm 48, and I came here when I was 17. Damn. So, okay, I didn't realize you've been here that long. Okay, so you got here young. And yeah. that's, uh, were the skaters here nicer than they were in Australia or was it still kind of rough then too? No, way nicer. It, yeah. but what, it's not way nicer. It's, once you're good, then everybody's fucking gotcha. nice. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So you do that. You do your time. Um, I mean, you had a shit Guinness uh, 
world record for uh, what shit? What year was that? <laughs> I got a Guinness Book of World Record for a bomb drop that Danny Way didn't do because Danny Way jumped out of a helicopter and that was the biggest drop into a quarter pipe ever right. done. So then they called him, Guinness Book of Records called him and said, will he break his own record for Guinness Book of Records? And he said, sure, fucking, you know, 50 grand. They're like, 50 grand? No way. We'll probably, we only got 10. And he's like, well, I don't do shit for 10 grand, but I know a guy that'll do it. So he called me and I was fucking, I couldn't, 10 grand was so much money to me. I was like, oh my God, really, dude? Yeah, fucking, just go job that shit. No big deal. Like, dang, fucking down then. <laughs> and then uh yeah that was when i realized that you know maybe i do have some capability but they're really when it comes to doing big stunts like that you got to have a bit of uh, a design brain you know like yeah i managed to make it but it was a bad design like i did i made it a vert ramp i didn't need any vert why did i have fucking two and a half feet of vert on it when i was missing that part to land in the curve like i didn't think about it so it was, a, it was actually kind of a difficult day to do that. It was kind of scary. I had to jump in. I had to drop off some fucking, some scaffolding they made just above it. And the ramp was so grippy that if I went to knee slide, it pulled my knee pads down and made me hit my face on the ground. So I, I got like hurt a bunch of times before it even happened. And then to stop me when I made it, they had gym mats, like dominoes. <laughs> So I would hit the first gym mat and then fly over the second one and land on the third one. Yeah. Damn. Well, that you did that, and then you had um, you were in the you you uh, skateboarded with Tony Hawk, and you did some stuff in the X Games too, right? Yeah. I mean, well, well, I was in X Games for Mega Ramp, but I was already washed up, so I was well, in a. There was only ten people in the world that could jump the Mega Ramp, so I just kept going back because I thought it was funny to be an athlete again at the X Games because when X Games started, I couldn't get to X Games because I was in Canada and then it was invitation only, so I didn't even get to go. Then once I went, I didn't do very well. Then I became an announcer for X Games, so now I'm just on the road being the announcer to people that I've beaten six months ago. (laughs) Shit. So, but it kind of, but, but I thought it was easier. I, I liked smoking weed and I didn't, I didn't want to do what everybody was doing. I didn't want to do like a, I don't even care about a 900. Like, I, I mean, I like, if I can do it big, then yeah. But if it's like, like the kid did a 1080 the other day, everyone's like, do you see that? And I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> it's like this high, I don't care. Yeah. I only want to do giant things. So I just felt like, being back in it was the biggest fuck you to like the people that I worked with at ESPN that didn't care about skateboarding. They cared about ratings. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I heard what they were all about. No offense to them. It's their job. They're not skateboarders, but I never cared for them. So to be back in the athlete lounge, even if I got 10th place, I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> so you got, um, so as you aced out of that, you got into um, uh, being a radio host on Sirius XM and um. I don't know what year you started that, but I know I started listening to you in um, 2008, I believe, and I was in the oil and gas in the oil field. And so, you know, you know us guys, we ride around on the fucking truck all day long, and that's all we have to do. So I mean, I, I feel like I was you guys made my career. Yeah, dude, I sw- I was like, I, like I know so I'm, I'm one of the old school listeners. 
I feel like so many people from there were the people that were the biggest listeners, the people that spent money on going to Ellis Manias. It wasn't even in their fucking country. Yes. I feel like when you guys got hit hard and a lot of you lost your jobs, I feel like my popularity went down. I feel like like Canada, the oil mines was a, a big thing for me. I feel like people that drive, because that's why I made the show, man. That's how I, I used to drive from Temecula to LA every day. Yeah. And I'd be dying to listen to somebody who gave a fuck about me, bored shitless in my car. Yeah. Like, do something, even if it's not even funny, just go out of your way to try and do something for me. I'm bored shitless. So I always felt like that really helped me with what I was doing in my radio career. Cause I felt like, I mean, anybody listening is just like, man, I really don't like my day right now. I'll do anything to get my mind off it, but I still got to drive. Yeah. I felt like that was my job. I mean, that no lie, because I was on the road all day long every day and you get tired of listening to fucking music. I don't care how much music you listen to, you're going to listen to so much. And then the, the regular terrestrial radio shows suck, you know, it's, it's all edited. And, you know, I was able, you know, until the oil and gas industry slowed down, we listened to you quite a bit. And I, I'm not going to lie, I fell off as a listener for a while because I started my own marketing company. And then I ended up starting a podcast now. And I, I have to give you credit for that because honestly, you inspired me to do that between you and Gary Vaynerchuk, man, I mean, that's like, you guys are kind of created my little, you know, the, the thing we have going on here, but I just wanted to say, I mean, so when you got into Sirius XM, man, what, um, how was that different from being in the spotlight and doing the, um, cause I mean, you had to pay your dues at XM. I know that. I remember that shit. They wouldn't give you any money or anything back then, man. Well, not giving me any money and how much money I got is arguably not true. Like, I just thought what I was worth, what they were giving me was nowhere near that. Gotcha. But on the scale of like people getting money for talking, it was always good. Yeah. Like I, I can't remember. I think I had a conversation with Rob Dyrdek when I first started. And he was like, you were going to retire from skateboarding and be on radio. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I mean, you got to branch out. I get that. Cause you can't skate forever. He's like, how much are they pay? And I was like 75 a year. He's like, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad at all. Right. So, I, don't, I mean, I guess maybe it was less than that when I first started, but right. once I got into it and I was serious, then I, I was around there from the get-go. I think it was just, I had back taxes from being a pro skateboarder. I had an ex-wife that wanted money, and uh, I was already used to being somewhat successful. So to me, that wasn't that much money. And I knew that Howard Stern got $100 million a year. Yeah. And I was like, is he better? Yeah. <laughs> but he ain't that much better. So yeah. that, and, and I felt like I could, I saw, uh, I felt like I was better. I just wasn't as polished. I felt like I had the potential to be as good as him. That's what I, that's what I felt like. So yeah, from skateboarding, I knew that you got to have that mindset, man. Like you, you know, when you, I, you pick a target and you, and you don't stop until you, until you get it. And, I, and especially when you know, I've had ones before where I'm like, man, this is a fucking, this is a dream. You know, this is a, this is one of those things where Jason goes off into the clouds and thinks that some things are, uh, the impossible is possible. But this was one of those ones where, cause I've had skateboard tricks where I was like, man, you probably will never make that. Yeah. Keep trying. But this one, I was like, oh, I'm better than him. I know I am. Like if, if if his staff worked for me, I'd be I'd be bigger than anybody. Yeah, I agree. That's what I believed. Yeah. So it was never because I believed that so much. All the things that were bad or the things they they were like, I'm sorry, who are you? 
And like that where I'd, I'd go, fuck it out. I got so much further to go. It didn't even like, it just deflected off me because I was like, it's, it's a done deal. As long as I don't get hit by a bus, this is mine. I know. Yeah. Well, so now how does it feel to interview people and actually them actually coming to know who you are since you're established and you have, I mean, you have the groundwork there. I'm sure it's way smoother and no more bullshit, you know? <laughs> Honestly, I think for a time there, you know, because of all, I, I think the, the, uh, the, one of the gifts I have is um, to get you to like me, to get you to pay attention to me, because I've obviously felt in the past in my childhood that you didn't think I was funny or likable. So I've worked hard on, on persuading you to, to like me. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of that, a lot of pressure. Like I still feel a lot of pressure interviewing people, not so much anymore about whether they like me, but more about that I do a good interview that people think is good. So even that's kind of silly, but I used to want them to be my friends. And then I kind of, I know this is going to sound late, but I've got, I've had celebrity friends. I still have a few. And if you're friends with them because they're celebrities, that shit's going to wear off. Yeah. So in the end, I kind of, I, I, and I, my job is, it's always the radio. When I, I'll talk about this on the show today because yeah. it happened in my day. Yeah. And if you happen to be Dak Shepard, well, now I'm fucking, uh, now I'm tooting horns on fucking. Right. And they're coming to me saying, hey, man, do you really have to bring my name up all the time? And I'm like, man, if you think I'm doing this for like some sort of bonus or something, like <laughs> I mean, I, there's all these people there. I was like, call these all your friends for coronavirus. And I'm like, I'm not calling them. I'm not, I'm not calling Joel Madden to talk. Well, I haven't talked to Joel for a long time. Right. I'm not going to call him just to be on my show to help me. It's, it's a lot of people have helped me on the way. They didn't have to like Benji and Joel and all these people that like slash, they kept coming on the show. He didn't have to. And I just feel like you already helped me. I know that the Hollywood game is to like keep on that, but I'm just not made of that dude. And if everybody doesn't want to go and nobody wants to listen anymore, then I can just fucking dig holes for a living. I'm just not gonna, I can't be fake. I can't, I fucking hate myself. I can't look at myself in the mirror if I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Maybe <laughs> hang out tomorrow. Maybe do the show too. I'm like, Fuck yeah, anytime you want. That's it. That's what I've always liked about you because I remember even, you know, listening at times where you had guests where, hell, y'all fucking got into it and you kept it going and worked out of that shit. I was like, that takes, not only does that take, like, that takes some e like, you have to be, you know, basically some humility and drop the ego a little bit and be like, okay, this is, this is about doing a good interview, the listeners, not just me getting pissed off or, you know, them getting pissed off. Right. Well, yeah, it depends on my mood too. I could be just like a pissy day and then who cares what anyone says? I'm yeah. not rational sometimes. I'll be the first to admit it. But um, I just feel like if you have, because I have that, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I have a huge ego and I also have a giant insecurities. So if you want to put me in my place, it's not, a, I'm, I've been there. It's not that bad. Yeah. And if I do something good and you give me a big pat on the back, I've been there too. It's not that it doesn't mean as much as it used to. So I, it, when I'm on point, it works. Yeah. Well, that's what I like. I mean, you're, but you're always being real no matter what, what you see is what you get. And that's what I like. 
Now, um, you have a new book out, still awesome. I haven't read it yet, but um, I did buy your first book when it first came out way back when, and I read your other one. So what's up with this one? Because um, I honestly don't know anything about it yet, but I'm kind of excited to hear a little bit you know, from your perspective. Eh, probably won't be that excited about it if I had to guess, but I think the difference with this one is it's just, uh, I mean, the second book was just a joke on how to be awesome because the publisher wanted me to make another book and I didn't have another one. Yeah. And then this one, the this book leads off from the first book. So it's just my life, you know, like the, I left out in the first book some gay encounters in my life because I didn't think that anyone would like me if I said that. And maybe, I mean, I had a therapist at the time that was saying if I told people, I'll probably lose my job. Yeah. So I think from being so honest, just like you've said several times, and then not, and then once I got married to Katie and started doing things and realizing that I wasn't, you know, most of the things that happened younger was I did a lot of drugs and then I'd like let a trans girl blow me or something. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think you're gay. And I'm, and you know what? I don't feel comfortable sitting in my own mind thinking about it. So I'm just going to forget that ever happened. And then it happened like seven times up until I was about 35. I'm like, okay, how many people have had, you know I mean? Like seven to 10 gay encounters and they're not gay in any way. I find that hard to believe. I might be on the, uh, on the old, um, on the scale of, you know, I'm definitely on there, but anyway, <laughs> Katie was into it. Katie was like, I think it's so hard that you're into it. So that kind of made me experiment more around her and and then her friends were like, Holy shit, you're you're bi, that's crazy. And then they then things escalated and I did I, I mean I do all kinds of things and then I thought, you know what, you got a book, you don't lie, and um you got one giant piece that you're not telling anybody. Yeah. It's kind of a lie. And then when I talked about it on the third show, it felt good, a lot of people hit me up saying that they appreciated me coming out as a bisexual guy because bi guys don't like to talk about it or something. So then I felt like I was actually helping some people right. with something that was quite serious. I felt like the people, it wasn't a lot of people, but the people that were hitting me up were talking about suicide and shit. Yeah. And then they hear me and they're like, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad to be bi. And I'm like, oh my God, this is totally serious now. So it's not... Um, you know, I, if Sirius fires me for being open about it, which they have not, and they're a hundred percent behind me, a hundred percent, always have been. Um, as a matter of fact, I think they're kind of proud of me. I got an email about how I was doing stuff for the community. So, but even if, but it's, it's past, it went past where I was like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't the greatest skateboarder I wanted to be and that burnt me. And then Tony Hawk got me on the radio and I found out that I had a gift on the radio and I was like, this is my chance to get what I was trying to get that whole time to be the best, to actually be talented and to actually use it. You know I mean, like Danny Wayne and Tony Hawk. Yeah. When you get as good as me and you're top five in the world and you see them, you know, okay, every now and then you might beat them, but on the real, like day to day, who is the best? They fucking destroyed me. Yeah. Destroyed me. They were, and I knew it. I could train every day, all day. Could have fucking done steroids for the next 10 years. I wasn't going to beat Danny Wayne. 
He's just bad. That's what it is. And I felt like I just wanted to be, you mean, that guy one time. Like, what's it like to be talented? So I just went at it so hard with everything. It all kind of worked out where I, I would have cared. I, and then Howard Stern, he was the, the beacon behind it all. I was like, I, I really have a gift at this, but who cares about radio? And I'm like, oh, I know a guy that lives a radio life that I can totally get down with and then find out that when I listen to him, him making me happy, and then I would say to myself afterwards, I'd go, I feel like that dude doesn't know it, but he just fucking made my day better. And then people that listen to my show saying that, it changed the plan. Like, it was less about, like, the bigger, the longer it goes, the less it's about me and the more it's about me making you happy. Yeah. Because if you're happy and you tell me, that makes me happy. Yeah. And the more I know about my life, spending all those times, you know, dark roads, <laughs> a lot of dark thoughts. And now, and now just knowing all I want to do is just be a happy guy as much as I can before I die, around my kids and all that. So there is no other choice to me. I have to just talk about it. And then a bunch of tough guys can go, oh, fag. And I can go, okay, fair enough. But there's like, if there's two dudes in fucking, I don't know, fucking Tennessee or some shit that are like 18 and they hear my show and they were going to eat a bullet and now they're not because yeah. they're like, he seems to be happy. Then fuck all of you. you know? yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think now more than ever, you can be honest <clears throat> and not be so ridiculed about it. I know, I know, you know, you're in the action sports scene and then you're, you know, and you're in the fight scene as well. Um, yeah, all, the hedgerow, all the hedgerow scenes, racing. Fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the macho man shit, but you're able to be honest about it. And there's, it probably helps a lot, you know, quite a few people who, you know, hold that back. I analyze it myself. I still, I used to, I still think like, yeah, that's so gay. And then I'm like, what? It's not. It's not, you mean like you're not, uh, I mean, if you're a man and you walk around acting like a girl, then that's effeminate. But yeah. I, like, wait, I, on the, the laws of gay say that like, I, cause I punch people in the face and I like getting punched in the face that I, I'm supposed to not touch dicks. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> your rules don't apply to me. It doesn't, and, 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 and I feel like everybody needs to get the memo that these rules don't apply to any of us, that, that, you can get tattoos and go to a strip club and have a boyfriend. Yeah. Like, or shoot guns and have two, I don't know, whatever the fuck it is you're doing. <laughs> as long as the other person said, I totally want to do that too. Yeah. I don't see how it makes me less of a man than anybody else. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I'm in the deep south, so that shit's still kind of, you know, real. But I mean, I don't care because to be honest, it don't make a shit what you do, man. It's your business. You do what the hell you want to do behind closed doors. It's your, you shouldn't be judged for it. I mean, it just is what it is. You know, I feel like the time there when I would talk about on my show how I had this pussy on my face and I was fucking this chick and or I write a book about it. Everyone's like, fuck else. Yeah. Came on like three chicks at the same time. That's crazy. But if I come on three dudes... <laughs> oh man, that's, I mean that's I mean that's two closed doors. Whatever you want to do, like, you're not getting them, man. Like you have to, you have to, because it has to be in a perfect world. A guy meets a guy, and he's got a friend, and and somehow that friend it gets brought up that he's gay or bi, and no one needs to fucking change their mind about anything in the conversation. Everyone just needs to go great, and then what? Because it's like yeah. your mom telling me that she has sex with your dad. I'm like, yeah, yep, yeah, figured that. So what? Yeah. 
move forward. I mean, we do what the fuck we want to do. Well, um, we're talking about fighting. I want to go back to that real quick. I know you talked about on the show a little bit about the fights this past weekend, but what I didn't hear you say is, who was your? What was your favorite fight of the night? Shit, UFC two forty nine. Oh, yeah, Gaethje for sure. Yeah, mine too. I mean, I could not believe that dude took. Fuck, dude, he is. I've never seen someone be hit so many times, so square and solid, and, and just still be standing. I swear, dude. I, mean, I don't know about. I don't know about Tony Ferguson. I feel like. I feel like it must be like being on acid all day being here. Yeah. Holy shit. Like he's everywhere, all over the place. Yeah. Why would you cut weight and then cut weight again? Why would you do that? Why would you take that fight? Like all these things where I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you know? and, and then you lose and I'm like, yeah, because everyone's got this thing where Tony does it his way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get that. But imagine if Tony did it his way with our advice, you know, like when he blew his knee out and he fought in six months without uh, rehab. Yeah. Don't tell me that that, I mean, yeah, he pulled it off, but don't tell me that that was the best way to do it. No, of course not. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't at probably 60 or 70%, you know, which yeah, is crazy. He's a fucking space cadet. I guess that kind of works out if you get tagged on the head by Justin Gaethje over and over again, but man, does it? Well, what do you have? So we got fights tomorrow night. Who do you have? Anthony Smith. Versus Texera, who do you have in that fight? Smith wins that easy. Smith. What about Rothwell and St. Prue? What about Rothwell and St. Prue? This one's tough. Yeah. I do not like Rothwell, but then a late, couple of interviews he's done lately, I really liked what he was saying. And he does look like he's lost even more weight again. But the fact of the matter is, he is not a good athlete. He is not uh, a good striker. He is not, he has a terrible technique. Um, he has big reads, yeah. but he is so giant and strong. So I feel like he's almost like a bit like Francis Ngannou where <laughs> he has really unorthodox punches. So you can use your technique to get out of the way and he's not throwing technique punches at you. He's throwing Giant windows yep. is that weird fucking jab that he holds out in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Chases you down. It's it's gotta be tough. So I I'm I feel like uh if 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 uh OSP doesn't get it done quick, I think that uh I just don't think it's a good idea to do three rounds with with Rothwell. No, those are some hard hits. Yeah, and it's in he, um, and he has a giant chin too. He doesn't get knocked out. And I don't I see the uh what's the choke that he always does the same crude choke i don't yeah. see i don't see him getting that on rothwell i don't feel like there's room for that you talk about chokes that um saturday night the fucking um what's that dude's name bryce <laughs> twister in the damn arm triangle the whole time and his grappling was beautiful did you see anyone get a twister over and over again if you run away from him you're in a twister yeah yeah I mean, hats off to um, his opponent for defending everything. Holy shit, dude. I mean, I, that grappling was great. I mean, it really was. Yeah, no, that was – and I was I was happy there was no crowd to say stand him up. Yeah, because they're going to say stand him up, you know, get, get up, hit him, you know, shit. That was a real battle. Yeah. Well, um, what have you been doing, man? So during all this shit going on, um, do you guys have any news about when you may be going back to the studio yet and, you know, or anything there? Um, they're supposed to give us two weeks – 
heads up, but I know that it's not this month, at least. Okay. Well, what's going on at home? I mean, you're, you're such an active dude. You're kind of like me. I've been going fucking crazy, man. I've just been having to work out in the garage, and, you know, I get away every now and then, but. Um, I've been staying busy, man. I was, like, doing some street skateboarding in the garage, and then I was, you know, I got a big heavy bag in my backyard, yeah. and I pool, and. And I got all this honored equipment and a fan bike. So it's not really that bad. And now things have like calmed down a little bit. So now my trainer comes over. That's awesome. So I don't really, it's not bad to me at all. I feel bad saying that, but I, I don't want to go out. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I, don't, I like my house. Yeah. I get that. I get that completely. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't have a lot of gym equipment. So it's like, shit, I need to, you know, I need to get to the gym oh, no. and hit someone in the face. Yeah. And I'd like to spar a little bit or lift some weights, you know? Kind of, but um, hearing would be good, but yeah, I can't complain at all for this quarantine. I got friends that have lost their jobs as soon as it's yeah. had to pop off, so it's I'm been um, very it's, fortunate. It's brought us all down to the same level, I feel like you know, when we're all like stripped of everything we can do, and we're just sitting here and kind of looking back on the shit that really matters, you know. I think, anyways, yeah, like your family, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I know. I feel like I've caught up with my kids more because. You know, they're, they're not at school and we can hang out. Yeah. Kind of get to talking about stuff you might not have. Oh, I don't mind it. How old are they now? Uh, 15 and 11. Dude, that's crazy. I remember listening whenever Tiger was like an infant and you were with Andrea and y'all lived in Temecula. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll never forget that. That's crazy. <clears throat> To make it. It's insane. <laughs> well, um, I saw earlier, I don't know if you heard about this yet. I'm sure you, you, you have all the insight, but Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 are dropping on um, on new, like, Xbox and PlayStation and shit. Yeah. That's, I mean, is that, <laughs> that's exciting for my generation anyways, you know. <laughs> Do what now? It's Tony Hawk's birthday today. No shit. Happy birthday, Tony Hawk. I'm sure you won't listen to this or watch this, but happy birthday anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good day to drop it. Well, I got a couple of questions for you, man. I don't want to hold you up too long, but um, right now or anytime, just a few little things. Uh, people, a lot of my listeners may not know you, you know, um, some of them will, but some of them won't because I have a lot of people that are like from the business side too. But um, during, you know, all the trials and tribulations and all the shit you've been through, um, what's kept you motivated to push forward the whole time? Uh <laughs> Um, I mean, I, one big one is like, I don't think anybody, I don't think my dead father or anybody that I grew up with thought that I would amount to shit. So there's that one. Yeah. And then there's, I mean, I really can't, it's not in me. There's no, nobody in my family before me. I just, I just have drive, man. I just have, I just have, I have uh, an eagerness to like sample everything in the world. And, uh, you know, I feel like the, the childhood scarring where I've found ways to not appreciate my day by day because I've, you know, dealt with depression and whatnot. But yeah, most of the time, even that, I'll use that as as energy. Like if I'm if I get really sad, I'll make it really angry, and then it'll build up, and I'll use that anger to like 
do something with my body, like be physical, escape, not hurt people, you know, do right. sports, get better at sports. And then I just never, you're not going to, I'm never going to give up. I don't know who taught me that, but I don't, I pride myself on that. I don't, um, it's weird. I don't, I mean, like I, the greed thing isn't really there. I don't really want any more than I already have. I know Will used to say like, it's never going to end for you. You're just going <laughs> to, and I used to argue with him. I was like, no dude, I, there will be enough. You know what I mean? There will be enough where would it be nice to have more? Yeah. I'm a human. Of course there's that, but if it doesn't ever go any more than this, it's already, um, you know, uh, better than I could ever have imagined. So well, and that being said, you can tell you still love what you do because if you said you reached to where you're happy, but yet you're still doing it every single day, you must love it. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of people have the hardest fucking time because of their insecurities, worried about what people think or, you know, in jobs and life, not going and doing something because they're scared. You know, they're scared to take that. I mean, thanks again for coming on the show. You know, hell, I, I just, I, D, I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to DM him. If he answers me and says yes, great. If not, I tried, you know? That's right. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, if you think that today might be your last day, you would go talk to that girl. You would try to get that job. You know, like to me, it's, you know, like someone, like I glued hair on my head and they're like, why would you do that? And I'm like, because my fucking life. Yeah. Like, if I die without walking around on this, that's like, that's a, that made you happier. I don't even know you. Like I'm, I'm doing what I want to do all the time. And, and it doesn't just mean, you know, like get out of the way. Everything's mine. I mean, like, you know, you're, everyone else has the, especially these days, everyone has such a crazy opinion. Yeah. People tell me, you know what I mean? If I ever bring up anything political on the show, they're like, man, you know, you should really like butt out of that shit. And I'm like, you should really make your own fucking show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's my show. If I watch TV and the president says some stupid shit, I'm going to say it on the radio. If it, it's, it's such a, you know, like if I have an opinion about a basketball game, I don't yeah. fucking know anything about basketball. You ain't going to get angry about that. Like, yeah. it's, it's just, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm probably misinforming people all the time when it comes to my opinions about everything. I am ass backwards, but I still, I, it's like a weird pet peeve. I noticed that everybody thinks that you should shut up. You don't know anything. And I'm like, so everybody should shut up. Yeah. Let's all not say anything. I'm like, it's, I have to talk all day on the radio. I have to say something. Yeah. Exactly. When I say what you want, I mean, that's why everyone loves you for, you know, for doing what you actually want to do and saying what you're, you know, not scared to say anything. And I mean, I like that, you know, in my industry, I have to remain neutral sometimes just because I don't want it to affect my business, my business. But um, in my private, private life, I still do what the fuck I want to do, you know, so. But um, depends on what you where you're. I mean, if I didn't have this job, I wouldn't be doing I wouldn't be playing it so hard. But this yeah. job is like. I felt like the show got successful because I, because I was just like, this is what's inside my head. It's probably not that cool. Or maybe sometimes it is, but it's just what's inside my head. And I know I'm not the only one. This, I know I'm weird, but I'm not the only weird one. No, no dude. I mean, shit. Look at all the people you that, I mean, look at all the people we've had on the show. Look at all the people that listen to you. I mean, shit, dude. I love it. I've always loved it. 
Well, um, I'm not going to hold you up much longer. I do have, um, I always give my guests something. And since I'm not in person with you right now, I know you like shoot guns and shit. And um, this is not something, it's not, but here, check it out. So I don't know if you have one of these yet or not, but it's actually, it's called a bug assault. Assault. So basically, you take oh, this. Oh, it kills bugs. Oh, so yeah. Do you have one yet? Yeah, we have one on the show. We shot Kevin with it. And then I got in trouble for shooting Kevin with it. Oh, shit. Well, I'm sending you one. I'm going to send you one. <laughs> I figured, honestly, I was going to say you could shoot the murder hornets with it, the fucking wasp, or Kevin in the nipple. I didn't know you already shot him with it. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it was as high power, but I definitely got in trouble because he rashes up really badly. Yeah. So it looked way worse than it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to send you that. DM me your, um, your whatever address you want me to send it to after this, and I'll, and I'll get it uh, to you, bro. And I, um, Yeah, dude, again, I want to thank you um, again for coming on. Now, I have um, – if you want to drop that where they can get the book at, the new book. Oh, you can get it on Amazon now or jasonellisbook.com. Okay, cool. And, um, man, if, if nothing else, I, like I said, I don't want to hold, hold you up too long, but I appreciate your time today, bro. Red Dragons. Nice to have you, man. Have a sweet t-shirt. <laughs> awesome, bro. Well, um, you have a good day, and I'll be listening to the show later. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah.